Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Magician Nelson Lugo. Hi, I'm nerdcore rapper Shafe of the Dark Lord. We're best friends who hate each other's guts. And we co-host the Epic Podcast. A monthly show in which we discuss comic books, video games, television, movies, our debilitating emotional problems, and Batman. So much Batman. That's the Epic Podcast on the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Be safe, internets. Bye. Seriously, so much Batman. The following episode of Flame On is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop. Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. And with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geeky programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Spandex makes me horny. Drag is the new spandex. What's going on, everybody? Pat DeBear here for another installment of Drag is the New Spandex. Our sub series <laughs> on our sub series uh, where we talk about a drag in all of its many forms. Uh, this episode was a request, a begging, a pleading. Uh, for us to do it, I said, no, 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 no. But then these other two gentlemen said, why not? So I'm here to go along for the ride. Uh, so joining me today, we have got Eric. Hello. He is on the judging panel. If y'all, if, if this podcast was a visual medium, you would see that he was on the judging panel of RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, not This isn't your confessional look, so I no, like that you're now no. just judging. You're judging. Uh, and Brian is joining us from the West Coast. I like to think that Eric is our Jeffrey Boyer Chapman. I don't have enough glitter around my eyes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you were Jeffrey at the beginning of the season. Yes. You haven't turned into Doctor Strange's nemesis yet. Uh, that'll, that'll happen. Oh, God. What is his name? Casadis? Casilius? I think it's Casilius. Yeah. <laughs> Someone else finally put that together and posted it in one of the RuPaul's Drag Race uh, groups that I'm in. And I was like, somebody else saw it. Or they heard me talk about it. I don't know. Could be. <laughs> we are very influential. All right. So some of y'all out there 
in the that um obviously partake in our drag race conversations know that I um while I adore absolutely adore Brooklyn Heights um and have a soft spot for uh Jeffrey Boyer Chapman as well because I w- was a fan of uh the lifetime television show that went to a Hulu exclusive Unreal um but I I am not a huge fan of Canada's Drag Race overall it had its moments uh, but I'm going to step back and uh, chime in when necessary and um, probably not needed. But, you know, you always need one dissenting voice in the room. <laughs> Just, Usually that's me, so it's kind of nice to not be there. Right, right. So um, I'm going to throw it over to y'all. You guys are going to be the ones that uh, will be directing the conversation. And uh, I will chime in uh, uh, where where needed. So, take it away, boys. Well, I'd like to say that I love this show. It it fulfilled a gap in my heart for RuPaul's Drag Race that has existed for some time. And Not very, because, because they lot- don't give you a lot of time in between seasons. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, it's, it's not a t- well, but I mean, I, I, the gap is from like the spirit of Drag Race that I seem to somehow have thought existed at one point and went away, but maybe not. Maybe it's just in my head. I don't know. And it might be because I'm closer to Canada now, so maybe I just feel more affinity to this. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but uh, I, I am, I am happy that we can talk about it, Eric. I think the way we want to do this is let's just instead of going through the whole damn series one at a time, like. Who are your top three favorite uh, queens from this season? Um, Give me one of them. Give me one of them. Okay. Uh, Probably my favorite was uh, Rita Baga, I think. (gasps) think You mean Chad Divine Grace? (laughs) Yes, I love her. I still want to know if her name is supposed to be said similarly to Rita Baga. Because they they kept on saying Rita Baga. And I'm like, are they saying Rita Baga? That's what I want to know. So I, is a, is rutabaga, like the way you say it, is that something that's like an English, American English idiom? Or is that actually, I don't know. As, I mean, as opposed to what? Kind of, like, I mean, a rutabaga is a vegetable. Rutabaga? <laughs> how do you spell it, though? Is it spelled weird that like it wouldn't, you'd think that wouldn't be how it's pronounced? I don't know. Well, no, I, but I mean, it's like, it's like Courtney Act. Like when we say it in American English, we say Courtney Act. But when you say it, you know, with an Australian English, it's caught in the act. And it's supposed to be a play on caught in the act. So, like, when I hear Rita Bega... Rita Bega... Yeah, it's spelled exactly the same, but it's one word, and it's just a I... She has an I instead of a U, otherwise it's the same. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. I didn't even know how Rita Bega was spelled. I just... I'm going by how they say it. I didn't (laughs) either. No, I didn't either. I'm sitting here like, maybe it's just a weird thing that we say. So anyway, long story short, someone needs to find out and let us know. Uh, I can contact Chad and find out what, what her opinion is. But um, uh, and the reason we say that, of course, is if, you've not, if you're not familiar with the Divine Grace, I refer you back to our probably several podcasts, and it's been a while, but uh, interviews with her and discussions with her about her drag and everything. But like, you see a picture of her in and out of drag, and to me, it's, it's stunning, stunningly similar. Um, but yeah, so please, uh, Eric, tell us about Rita Vega. Um, I loved her drag sensibilities in that she, it was just, I don't want to say vaudeville. That's the wrong word for it. Um, but it, there was so much camp to it. 
And not in the way that Jimbo did camp, but it was... I don't know. My words Almost are... Almost a com- fashion camp? Uh, yeah. Kind of where, like, it was meant to be... Yeah. It, it wasn't meant to be as, like, uh, tongue-in-cheek. It wasn't serious. Yeah, yeah. it was more tongue-in-cheek fashion. But yeah, but it wasn't, uh, like, full-out well, so clown. It's interesting... She right. comes from Montreal, so she's a Quebecois queen, and I'm not going to say that it's necessarily like a, a Quebecois or Montreal thing, but her drag has a, a circus-esque performance look that I was wondering if had any common DNA with, um, oh gosh, I just forgot their name, uh, the, the Cirque du Soleil, um, because there's just this this theatricalness, this this sort of circusy sort of theatrics that that she seems to embody in a lot of different uh, looks. So I'm looking through her looks right now over the season. Uh, do you remember any off the top of your head, Eric, that were um, that stood out to you? I mean, even though it necessarily didn't work for the challenge, I I think that her. I mean, you mentioned kind of clown or, or circusy in a way, but um, her makeover look. Um, I kind of appreciated it. It definitely, I don't think, stood out as a winning look for that. But um, let's so you're talking about the makeover challenge when she had to make over uh, one of the uh, immigrants to Canada from the Rainbow Railroad? Correct. Where she was kind of this black and white, quote unquote, clown. And uh, she was the mother to the younger uh, in color clown. Um, I thought that was... I liked her from the first episode um, where they were making the unconventional materials challenge. I liked the overcoat she made. And you saw the camp and the way she did the makeup and all that. Uh, That was great. I really love her bizarre plastic look that she did with the found materials that they had. It, It almost looked like something out of a out of a sci-fi movie or a Final Fantasy villain with a little less, uh, uh, not style, but a little less fashion forward. Although it is really fashion forward, I should say. Um, but it's really impressive, even looking back at it. I also really love uh, her opera ski, opera opera ski, or whatever they called that, after the, after ski. The, the walk of shame look. The, the walk <laughs> of shame look and the uh, the holiday party too. But yeah, the, the walk of shame look. It's the clowning, I think, is really what I'm I'm feeling. And it's funny because Jimbo, and we'll talk about him in a second, also has that clown DNA baked in because of his prior experiences. But um But she's not strictly clown because if you look at her pageant look, while the while the wig might be controversial, um, that look as a whole just was beautiful. It gave yeah, me very so she much can really play a lot of different things. It very much gave me uh, Alexis Mateo's uh, backyard eleganza. With, uh, like, just imagine there being an inflatable pool at the bottom, like that ring. It very much gave me Alexis Mateo doing some backyard eleganza. Wait, you talking about Alexis, yeah. 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 But this was better proportioned you- than that. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Leave Alexis alone. Leave Alexis alone. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. What, what fuck did you, you think? I'm worried about hiding. What did you think of her uh, Night of a Thousand Celines and also Snatch Game uh, performance? Um, I mean, I I have heard a couple Edith Piaf songs, but I didn't know anything about her personality, so I can't speak on whether 
that was any sort of accurate or not. But... I mean, I appreciated that she went for the 80s looks. That was great, as far as for the Selene's. But the wigs she was using in that episode, I, I just don't know about that. So, it's funny because the, I don't know Edith Piaf, and I, I don't know her at all either, but I can tell you that she she killed it because of how just ridiculous it was. And this goes to some of the criticisms or some of the advice that the judges have given. It's like, you don't have to be accurate to the person you're portraying. You just have to make it funny and fixate on like one thing that sort of has that DNA. I mean, again, Alexis Mateo was not Walter Mercado at all, really, but made it hilarious by using those catchphrases and, and just and playing it that way. Uh, so, you know, again, I think this, I think her performance was pretty universal, but what was funny is her Celine performance, a lot of us, myself included, do not know that era of Celine back when she was starting out. So like to us, what, what was like, we just didn't know what it was. And I think the judges felt similarly so much so that like she was doing the choreography that Celine did and nobody recognized it because they just didn't remember it. I mean, that no, was I, probably right before she came out with A Power of Love, I would almost say. Oh, yeah. It yeah. was way early, yeah. Um, I think they were just too fixated on that dry-ass wig that was yeah. sitting on top of her head. They gave her that note, though. They gave her that note about the choreography, though. I mean, the, the wig was a problem, too, but they gave her the note about the choreography and she's like, no, this is what she did. Go back. I mean, she's she defended it and I think someone posted something later, but I mean, it, it, anyway, all I'm saying is I feel like she has a very intense commitment to what her craft is, and she makes mistakes. The wig, obviously. There, there was a problem with wigs this season. I don't know what it was. <laughs> a lot of dry, weird wigs. But as far well, as a good wig for her, if you look at her finale look, that was just... Her her Elphaba? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was Elphaba and Ms., uh, Madame Marble had a baby. And that's what came out. Yeah, is exactly. Rita Vega's uh, fun, uh, finale look. Yeah, I love it. Um, the other thing about her, I, I, I always appreciated her and Priyanka, uh, their um, interview, their um, reaction, confessional moments. Um, and, and Lemon, too. I think they, they were a few of uh, the queens this season that had really good uh, reactions and good analysis. And I, I always liked hearing her. But I also, again, see her as Chad. So I was always like, oh, Chad's there. It's so nice. I just want to know how she is 32 years old. That's what I want to know. Because she looks like she is 45 and she's only 32 <laughs> years old. And I do not understand it. I don't know. Drag keeps you young, I guess. Then she's doing it wrong if it keeps you young. Because she looks like she's 45 to 50 years old and she is just over 30. Like there is a problem there. And, you know, they want to talk about Jimbo painting old or Rita. I think Rita even said something about uh, Jimbo painting old. And it's like, have you not seen yourself? I like her. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But dear Lord, when I think it was the last time we were recording an episode, we, we mentioned this. And one of y'all said that she was, you know, only like 32, 33 years old. And I was like, no, that can't be right. And then when I found out she was only 32 years old, I think my heart stopped for a second. Yeah. I mean, there were th three queens that season that were older than her. Uh, Jimbo, Tainomi, and Anastasia. Oh. And Jimbo's Jimbo's not that much older. He's only like 36, well, which mean, is another one you're like, what? The oldest one in the, the, the group was Tainomi at 38. 
which is like unheard of nowadays with drag race like most of the the drag race girls are maybe reaching 30 so it's nice to see some older queens and then just some queens who are not as old who paint like they're almost twice their age it's fine well this is one of the things about drag race canada that i really really liked oh were you doing the shade just for myself yes (laughs) i hit the shade button for myself (laughs) um I appreciated the uh, the look at drag history a little bit, but I forgot the name of the queen, and it's not handy. But there was a queen that was brought in uh, as part of one of the acting. It was the, the pageant, the Moose Knuckle pageant, or what? Queen of the North pageant. Oh, yeah, Whatever that pageant was. The, the oldest working drag queen in Canada. Miss Loose Jaw. Like, other than Moose Moose Jaw, other than Lady Bunny being trotted out occasionally. Has Drag Race ever done this at all? Have you guys yes. remember anything like this that kind of... Okay. Yes, but not in the main show. Um, they've done it um, back before... Back when... Be- between seasons four and eight. I don't remember which one. But um, when they would do the finale as the reunion as well, and they would just do the crowning as the live finale, there have been... Um, like uh, uh, moments in her story or whatnot, they've gone through and in trying to do this kind of like, here, young young queers, please know that these people came before you and have done lots of things. Um, and they've done little like slideshow, almost like an in memoriam type of thing where it's like, here are things that you should know about our queer history. But yeah, not, not so much on the main show. Although um, I think the oldest living and working queen in the u.s is um miss darcel not stevens different one but i believe that <laughs> and actually i think they did make I, I think she was one of the ones that they did um call out in one of those segments on the uh the reunion episodes uh, back in the day i think that's how i know about that is because she was noted as like hmm. the oldest working queen in the u.s well, I do appreciate any time they, they connect in the culture and, and certainly, you know, other moments that they've brought in. But also the, the way they did the makeover challenge, bringing in the Rainbow Railroad charity organization and, and highlighting that is something that I, I'm sure Drag Race is hooked in with charities and, and other organizations. But it felt more like self, not self, it felt less self-serving and more genuinely like trying to help than other times. So, I mean, again, that also really meant a lot to see. Uh, and if you're not, if you're not familiar with that organization, Rainbow Railroad does uh, bring in immigrants from nations where being gay is illegal and that they are being like persecuted or potentially killed for being uh, out uh, and gay. So, like, Rainbow Railroad is an amazing organization that I had never heard of, uh, but it is predominantly in uh, Canada from what I've been told. So, uh, you know, highlighting that is just uh, so happy. I'm so happy they did it. Anyway, yeah, uh, we no. can talk about other stuff, but well, no, I, let's move on. I do uh, want to say that I agree with that, and honestly, it did um, it did kind of move me to tears when they were talking about it and like they were sharing their stories. It reminds me of the old, um, the olden days, back in my day, when they would do the uh, the makeover challenges because they would do like um, season five. They had the the gay vets who had, you know, a lot of uh, amazing stories to share, including the one who possibly killed Judy Garland. Um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but uh, but in that respect, like, um, there, there used to be a bit more of a tie-in with some of that. 
and they used to do a little bit more like they had a little more emotional heartfelt you know reasons to have these people there um and lately it seems like it's just kind of become oh well let's bring back the you know like the queens who've left already and it's going to be this is how we'll do this like i i miss those days so seeing them use utilize and um put the rainbow railroad at front and center in this episode was was really was really charming to see and i, I was very happy to see that so I will pick my top uh, choice, uh, and then we can talk about our other our our, our also rands. Um, so uh, Jimbo, uh, as I think I've even said, maybe maybe on the show in just moments, uh, was my favorite of the season. And even though I definitely am okay with who won, and we'll talk about that in a little bit here, I think Jimbo probably should have been in the top three. Uh, if, if I had my way, it would have been, uh, top three is Jimbo, Priyanka and, um, Rita. Uh, and then I would have been really torn cause I love Rita. I mean, she was right up there, uh, with my top choice. So, uh, but Jimbo is great. He, his, his looks throughout the season were, are unique, uh, definitely camp, definitely from that clowning camp school of drag. Uh, he is a former like trained clown. Uh, very theatrical, very over the top. I mean, that's his thing. But what I really appreciated is just the variety of looks. Uh, I I definitely enjoyed his sort of, I'm going to say sex forward, but I guess sex forward is, is a good way to look at it. Uh, outfit and uh, other choices <laughs> and gestures. I don't know. Uh, every acting challenge, I think, maybe with one or two exceptions, he was, he was pretty funny. Uh, his... Um, Oh gosh, uh, Snatch Game, uh, my brain's not Joan working, Rivers. it's too early for me. Joan Rivers! His Joan Rivers was magical and so good. Uh, I understand why, let's see, that, who, who won Snatch Game? Was that Rita? No, Jimbo. Uh, oh, Jimbo did win. Oh, yeah. perfect. Okay, good. I was thinking she didn't win for some reason. Uh, maybe her looks that the runway weren't good or something. But uh, looking back, I love her, like... I think it's Adventure Time, but I'm not sure. They didn't say it, but her crazy queen with all the flowers and carnations in the dress. Uh, and then the spiky uh, belt. I love that look a lot. Um, I don't know. What were you guys, some of your favorite Jimbo looks? I mean, from the Snatch Game uh, episode was the Celine look, which I thought was very successful. That kind of army-inspired look. Like pleather army or air force with the hat yeah and yeah. that weird flat uh breast thing or whatever that is <laughs> what about her uh, her crazy denim patchwork gimp mask <laughs> ponytail <laughs> i like that look that's kind of ridiculous yeah that was fantastic I didn't love her makeover challenge look. I, I'm just going through these right now. Uh, I, I, I don't remember if it... I think there were some issues that they judges have with it, but, uh, you know, I... I thought, I thought the, she look perfect. the makeover was very successful. Uh, was it? Okay. I, I personally think it probably should have won that week, but the judges thought it sold too much sex. It was too sexy. Which, I... I yeah, so that's a good point, and uh, I do remember that now, and uh, yeah, I'd also, I think I also disagreed, because, like... I've heard critiques from judges that are the opposite. And I know judges, they're subjective. It's their own opinions. Some of them shoot their mouth off because they have to and really don't have a lot of good basis for doing so. Uh, but, like, whatever. That's the job, right? Uh, you got to find something. And, and this is where I worry that 
production influences and there's other things, but but Becky um, with the good opera- hair was amazing. Which one was that? Uh, episode three. Uh, that's the one where she had like eleven wigs <gasps> down yes. her back. Oh my gosh, and they're so beautiful. Yeah, but I mean, again, people could have been like, "Well, your tits are just so prominent. Why would you have your?" I mean, that's just so too. I don't know. I, but they they like that one though. The thing is that when you're doing family um, makeovers, and they're supposed to be your your like, I think that's the only reason that it was an issue as far as like too much sex. And again, it's when you get down to that point, it's nitpicking because the the looks were cohesive. Um, but when it comes down to, I think like the, the family aspect of it, it was awkward. And I, I don't even think that was like the big, like nail in the coffin as to why that wouldn't have been the winner, um, for that look. But it was also really basic, you know, there wasn't a lot to it, which is also a bit of why Rita got dinged in the makeover challenge. Um, just because like, you know, it, it, they were expecting more. And honestly, after I I liked Jimbo's pageant look from episode seven, in theory, um, but ever like after episode six, I don't know if he was just losing steam as far as putting out like looks that were fully realized, or maybe he just was at a point where like this is what I'm put what I'm doing. But it all just kind of seemed to go downhill as far as execution. Like, the thought was there. The process was there. But they just weren't executed 100%. Um, but I, I, I will say, though, that I did love the, the episode 3, the, the Quebec with the good hair. And um, I liked his Night of a Thousand Celines. Like, overall, between his Joan Rivers and that runway look, uh, that, that was a deserved win for him there. I think he definitely got the season, not season four, the, the, the fourth place edit, if you will. I think that his quality may have been a little variable at the end and his, uh, I think his give a fuck was actually affected a little bit. And I don't know if that's again the edit that they needed to give or if that's genuinely what, how he was reacting, but he did seem through the edit to lose steam. Well, and again, I say it that way because I don't know and I can't, I can't, we cannot objectively know with Drag Race ever, what's happening. And this has always been my problem, and it's always a, a struggle for me. But like objectively, you know, the way it was presented, they're not the same. So the way it presented, he did go downhill. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, like, you know? even even if they were to... Well, one, they can't fully talk about everything because um, their contracts have, I think, a three-year um, NDA where they're, they're limited on what they can d- discuss from filming and the production of it. Um, but even just in what we were shown as his reaction to when he didn't win like a mini challenge, um, I could see it really becoming a matter of him just being like, well, fuck it. All right. You know, I'm just going to give you what I'm going to give you. And I'm not like the, the outfits themselves, I don't think went downhill, but the quality of effort that went into like his makeup and things of that nature, which can be a very which can vary from week to week because when you go in with an outfit yeah his makeup varied yeah but i like i i think one of the other contestants maybe it was priyanka in a confessional said something about like you know as you go through a competition you're supposed to get better and like jimbo how did your makeup get worse by the end of the competition (laughs) 
And and I think that was well. They didn't give him the. Uh, remember that there's like there's like a moment when he's helping pre not Priyanka he's helping um, Scarlet uh, Bobo. Scarlet yeah Bobo, and uh, it's funny because they put that in there uh, and they included they chose they chose to include that moment, but they never really brought it back and never played a role. And I wondered if maybe that was like sort of the oh yeah see he was so busy helping other people he didn't get to do a face as well. I believe that was the same episode. So I, again, this is where we, we can chase our tails talking about, you know, what is true and what is the edit. And uh, But I, I agree, you're supposed to get better. I think they they presented him as not getting better. Uh, and that's sort of the, that's that's the fourth place edit. You know, you can only get to a certain point and then, oh, you did so well, but you're fourth place. Uh, but I loved his après ski. I mean, you know, that's uh, looking back. I mean, I'm looking at like après ski. All three looks were fantastic. I think they had issues with with maybe one of them, but they all look great. You know, the the Walk of Shame one is fantastic. The Ice Queen, I love. Like he just he had a great range of of uh, outfit choices and his presentation. His Ice know. Queen look was a nice look, but one of the things that I realized with Jimbo in watching him do the runway. Um, the Ice Queen look was not walkable, and that was their biggest issue, was you can't create an outfit for yourself that you can't actually walk in, um, and his crown kept falling. That was the other big issue with that look, was that he yes. constantly had yes. to make sure it yes. was it was staying up, but when Jimbo would walk the runway, it was very much a matter of constantly having to pull his hair out of his face, and it would detract from him being able to present his outfit on the runway um which again when you're not you know you, you talked about him being a trained clown we talked about him um having been a uh, he's more of a, a show person like he actually does these shows and he does all these like uh these these presentations when you go into a competition like this where it's you have to be a runway model when you run into stumbling bo- blocks like that that you don't know how to really yeah. work around aside from okay let me just constantly pull the hair out of my face um and i say this being someone who has gotten into full drag and worked a stage and had that same Struggled issue <laughs> had that same exact issue where it's like how do i keep this shit out of my my face because you're wearing big ass eyelashes where once that hair catches it always wants to catch and um yeah it, it just I, that's why i say i i never had an issue um with Jimbo's looks I think it became the execution and he for as much as becoming a fan favorite as he was I don't I don't think he was ever going to fully make it into the top 3 and I think that writing was on the wall around the episode 6ish mark um and they started to kind of give that edit like you were saying of okay let's let's start you know, toning this back a little bit from, you know, maybe a front runner edit. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not even saying that it's, uh, I'm not as conspiratorial as I used to be. I, I'm, I give you all of those points and I, his, his downfall, especially at the, the lip sync was the hair. Um, but I do think that edit changes based on what they're perceiving of their, uh, uh their trajectory, if you will. Well, yeah. Uh, and, so Eric, and who else is oh, around? Sorry, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was saying, and who else is still in the competition? Because if, if there's no need to have to push him as okay, this is we're running towards the end of their run, they'll let them you know do whatever, or you know they'll they'll let their their flow be one thing. 
because other queens need to kind of have that like oh okay when they start talking about all of their trauma and things you know that it's usually towards the end of their run because they want to get that story out there at least get them some airtime so yeah it, it his edit definitely changed from the beginning to the middle towards that that top four portion where it was like okay we're, we're starting to see the end of end of his run there yeah so, uh, Eric, who would be another queen uh, that you would really, you, I mean, I don't know. What, what was your next favorite, I guess, is the right question here. Um, probably Lemon. I really liked uh, her energy throughout the season. I thought overall she was pretty positive. Um, I mean, that first week she came in, she was a little much. She was very, I'm New York. I'm New York. I think she kind of was humbled a little bit that first week and then came back and uh, it just kind of showed good drag out there. Although I will say, and maybe I sound a little like Trixie from the pit stop, but um, there were some weeks where I did have issues with her not padding and not wearing any sort of breasts. Like in the night of the thousand Celines, when she's wearing that, uh, the Oscar dress, there's just no shape to it. It's just a tube. And if she had even just a little bit of padding would have helped give her some shape and made it look better as a garment. Um, or even if she had just cinched. But I really liked her energy throughout the season. Yeah. Even, even if she had just cinched, I think it yeah. would have been a whole different ball game because you would have then had that shape, you know, because, I mean, Celine isn't a, a big busty woman. So to try to right. imitate her, you don't need to have all of that like crazy curves and swerves. But but you're right, Trixie was right. I think I watched that same episode. Um and and yeah, it just it's like a it's a tube dress that isn't supposed to be a tube dress. <laughs> I looking back at all these looks, I I mean, they're not bad and I again, there are definitely women out there who this is their figure. A lot of models have this very sort of uh, angular uh, look, but I, I, I just I, some of them, like episode seven when she had that giant yellow puff. Like, there's a fine line between that look and Vanjie's look from the first season she was in, where she went home right away. I disagree with you so what? much there because what she was doing that is the that if you take a a seven year old pageant girl um, or Jean-Benet right. Ramsey. And you were to stretch her out into a 25-year-old uh, adult woman, but never changing the proportions. That's what she was going with because that was their their pageant look. So she was doing... Uh, but that's not my point. That's not my... But that you're, mis you're mistaking my point. I'm not saying it doesn't succeed. I'm saying it looks very similar to the Vanjie ball look as a, as, a, as a silhouette. I get... No, no, no. I get what you're saying. So if you're going to come at... Vanjie for that in in drag race. Like all I'm saying is the judging is subjective. There is certainly this sort of consistency problem. And again, these are different shows, so I don't know that we should even expect consistency and continuity between you know, or or, or at least in terms of their their standards. You know what I mean? But I agree with you. Actually, this does look pretty close to what I would imagine a pageant girl would, uh, you know, a child pageant would grow up into. But her performance in this to me is what sold it. The look was good, but the performance nailed it. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. I, I. This is the episode where I actually really liked Lemon 
And like I really began to like Lemon. And the the only reason I say that it's it's different is because Vanjie made that outfit to be an outfit, like to be something that her as a an adult drag queen was wearing. This is like if you were wearing a Halloween costume that was like I'm an adult Jean Benet Ramsey. Like that's that's the only reason that I say that like having that big poofy like it's just what the outfit was supposed to be versus what Vanjie couldn't make her outfit into. Um, and it's the same thing with, uh, was it Soju? I think it was who did the, all the tool and it was the, yeah. uh, the Korean like garment, but she didn't do it in such a way to create a shape outside of it just being a ball. Um, but no, this, uh, lemon won me over in the pageant episode and, up until her lip sync, I was I was very much like I I was like cool I like this queen, and then she went home. Yeah, and I mean the th- the thing was I think Lemon performed so much better in the challenges than she ever did on the runway, because yeah. some of her runways as you go through the pictures are a little suspect. Um, like I like the idea of what she was going for with her denim look, and I like the fact that she actually repurposed a lot of that stuff instead of just buying denim fabric. And I think that's why it's so frayed and everything is she specifically made it to look like a repurposed outfit, which ultimately ended up hurting her. Um, But she doesn't have a ton of successful runway looks, but you remember her most from her confessionals and the acting challenges. And the snatch, yeah, I mean, she's she's great at the snatch game. Yeah. I had yeah, never that heard of that. Was yeah, I had never heard of her prior to Snatch Game, but then Trixie did the makeover with uh, that uh, the chick from uh, uh, oh god, what's the TikTok uh, the meme chick where she's like better like this, or, you know, like she does the two faces. Anyway, whatever her name is, uh, I'm Are terrible. About kombucha at these girl. Yes, kombucha girl. Thank okay. you. I, I her her name is, is at the yeah. tip of my anyway. But yeah, they they recreated that look. Uh, what's her name again? The the JoJo Siwa. The JoJo Siwa, and I was like, oh my god! And so then I watched a video of her, and I'm like, wow, Lemon did absolutely nail this. Like, I think performance with Lemon over all of the things was key. Uh, so yeah, I I I liked her. I just uh, I think with the nail in her coffin was her makeover. Yeah. Uh, that that poor gentleman who had to shave his beard, and that's where I to, uh... <laughs> I think that's so wrong because they're like he you, you should paint them you know he shouldn't be painted to to be made to look older. As I stare at Rita Vega and Jimbo, first of all, second of <laughs> all, when you shave a beard off a man, you never know what that face going to look like. He just he just happens to look oh, older. True. Honestly, I loved her lemon and lime. She was a goddamn. Uh, fucking uh, sprite walking down the the runway. Flapper. It was yes. like, it was like <laughs> a, I, I a splash of lime. Judges in that there was a yeah. <laughs> On that runway, I do think the judges were right in that they could have given a little more personality. I understand maybe um, lime couldn't walk very well in heels, so doing a lot of Charleston was probably. Would have been a little much, but something yeah. to give a nod. Make it a little more than just walking the runway. And again, it goes... It, I don't know. I, I A big thing goes I back to paint, their shapes. But, uh, 
yeah. the shapes are yeah. a problem, and I think you could still do better with that face. I think I think that is a makeup challenge. It is harder maybe than she was capable of doing. And like you said, she didn't know what she was getting until she shaved it. And they shaved it what that that day. Obviously, so I mean, yeah, it's it's a hard hard problem, but uh, you know, that's it's the challenge. You don't know what you're gonna get. You got to make the most of what you have, and I don't think she did with him. But it was still a good performance. So my second favorite. Uh, I mean, Pat, do you have? A, I would, we didn't ask you what, who's your. I was favorite, like, please? y'all just keep going. That's fine. No, I mean, <laughs> you, you guys are talking about the ones. Well, that you're I, the one. Like, I was going to chime in. Well, I I was waiting to be asked who I liked. No, I I mean, you guys are pretty much taken. <laughs> yeah. um, I I liked Jimbo for the most part. Um, I did not appreciate Jimbo's um, demeanor with um, certain things, and that's a that's a personality flaw that they exploited greatly. And I don't even think they exploited it, to be honest. I think it fell in their laps. And when they did the the teleprompter challenge, and he was just pitching a, a bitch fit on the side of like how he didn't win with his Nancy Grace impression, um, yeah. when Rita Vega was like, hey can I give you some constructive feedback? And he was like, sure. And then she was like, uh, well, this, and he's like, well, your fucking wig is gross. And it was like, mm, maybe, maybe not, maybe not the competition for you, Jimbo. Um, but I was still sleep with Jimbo in a heartbeat. So whatever. Um, we'll add him to the list with, uh, Nina West and Trixie. So that's fine. Um, like I was saying, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? Really? What? You sleep with Brian? Yeah. Girl, you just gotta think for that name. That's all Listen, that is. <laughs> uh, he's adorable. and <laughs> He is adorable. I think of him as adorable. I just don't... I don't know. I was gonna say something, and I'm not gonna say it now, but... Um... <laughs> And then, uh, and then uh, Nina West groped my crotch in the dressing room, which was fun, but... Um... Oh. Oh. And this was this is well after Pearl uh, made me feel super uncomfortable in the dressing room when she was like, <laughs> "Hey," and I was just like, "All right, gotta go, bye." Um, <laughs> but uh, Lemon was definitely another one that I I grew on me after the first couple of weeks. I really didn't care for any of the queens; like there was nobody that stood out. I liked little bits and pieces, um, but uh, Jimbo and and Lemon probably were my top two. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
uh, Rita Baga was good, but I I don't know. For me, it felt very um, very much a mixture of the Vivian and Davina DeCampo from UK. Like the two of them rolled into one yeah, as far it. as oh, I've been doing this forever. Like honestly, I thought it was going to be like the Vivian. Like I thought Rita was a a, a shoe in uh, to be crowned, but. They, I mean, they also filmed all three of them being crowned, so a lot of everything going on in the world could have led to different things. Although I, I do think that the winner deserved it from the final episode. But uh, yeah, those probably were my my two favorites. Uh, I don't even want to go into my least favorites because some of them I really couldn't stand. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so. Instead of Eric, instead of let's let's take a little diversion. Instead of doing your next favorite, let's talk about the the plus size queens because I think there's a lot to talk about with Boa and Alona. Um, I actually was going to put Boa as one of my other favorite queens, but here's the thing about Boa: I don't know why I like her. <laughs> I don't either. I, I'll second that. I think she is messy. So messy. And I don't mean in life. I mean in drag. She is sloppy. But there was something uh, in her personality that I just really thought was uh, enjoyable. So Is it because you confused uh, her with Ginger Minge? No. God, no. No. No, no, no. I don't think so. I don't see that at all. Um, episode three, where she looked like Ginger Minge and Borat had a baby. Or is Sasha Baron Cohen? <laughs> what? Hold on. Ah! Okay, now I see that. <laughs> <laughs> wait, no, wait, wait, and add in, who had the, uh, man, not the mankini, who had the uh, merkin? Uh, Jackie Cox. Jackie. Didn't he have a thing with the merkin? Jackie Cox and uh, our oh, magic yeah. merkin. Yeah. For yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, clearly, uh, if we're going with a competition for uh, performance and execution, I think... Her performance was stronger than her execution, but her execution was uh, rough. In fact, so much so that when that first time she was in the bottom or whatever, and I mean, I liked what she was doing, but I thought, oh, it's early. It's so early. She could she could be the jinx uh, edit and grow and develop and become amazing. And who knows? But uh, I, was pl- I was pleased that they kept her around. Same with Alona, uh, who I actually wanted to punch many times throughout the series because she just had that brattiness that just I... I shrivel and react to badly. But sissy, uh, sissy, but sissy, 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 uh, but sissy, sissy. Yeah, yeah. But I will tell you that uh, you know, in terms of her looks, I actually, I actually enjoyed a lot of uh, Alona's looks. And um, since Drag Race, she's gone on to work with some kind of a. Uh, like a merch uh, apparel company to do like bear related stuff. So she's got an interesting kind of crossover thing going with that. Uh, plus I also love that she's two spirited and, and you know, indigenous and represented that aspect of Canada, which I, I really, you know, appreciate uh, seeing. Um, so I don't know, but I, I wanted to punch her half the time just cause I couldn't stand her, her whole yeah attitude, but. I don't know. Yeah, my only Alona Burley other- look that I really, I really thought worked well was her, um, uh, the poodle look, the Quebecy with the good hair episode three yeah. look. That was fantastic. I mean, I, I didn't mind Alona's looks. Uh, okay, maybe not the denim look, um, but I think overall, <laughs> she wasn't. Her runways, her runways were 
overall better than what her performance was in the competition, which is, I think, what kept her around as long as it did. And I appreciated her finale a lot. Yeah. Her indigenous. That was really good. Uh, But as far as making yourself look older, her pageant look like just, I don't know. She looked old in that dress. The the way the hair was styled, it was back. And I like the idea of that um, rhinestone cage top. But in some ways, it kind of looks like a sweater. That's not <laughs> fashionable. <laughs> and that's not what she was going for. <laughs> um, should we talk about the winner? Because uh, we haven't had her in our uh, top favorites yet, but I wondered if she would show up. So let's do this. Before we jump into that, Let's. Um, we're not going to go through each of the episodes, but let us... Um, at least recognize some of what they did for these episodes because there were there were some cute things that they uh, that they did this time around that were a little bit different. Um, so they did the the photo shoot for the first episode. Uh, I think Jimbo stole the show for that one personally. I think that was yeah. probably the best. Uh, you had her the heritage moments, which I uh, felt very Canadian. Love that. Um, I didn't connect with it as much but that's because i'm not canadian and it isn't my heritage <laughs> have you gone back and watched any of them since like not the not the ones they did but the real ones no no go on youtube a- anyone anyone listening try this go on youtube look up canadian heritage moments and just scroll around they are fantastic because we don't really have anything quite like this but they remind me of pbs in the 90s like, there's this, like, attempt to be earnest and give these little glimpses into history. A- anyway, I-, I just, I fell in love with these. They were fantastic. They're really short. So if you're, you know, short attention span theater, you're great. Uh, but, like, uh, they're they're good. So, and, and I understood it more after I watched it. Do you know what I mean? Uh, absolutely. And, yeah, that's, I, like I said, that's, it didn't have the same resonation with me. But uh, that's what happens when you are watching properties from different countries. Uh, then you had not, not sorry boot it, which is the sing dance, uh, diss track type of thing. Uh, with my favorite moment of the season, Deborah Cox being a guest host. Uh, the, I didn't realize Did she, was she was Canadian. I didn't know. I, seriously. Like y'all, y'all were there on the recording with me when I discovered Deborah Cox was Canadian. And the best was, uh, in the, the RuPaul's group that I, I'm in, uh, on Facebook, I was like, oh my god, I did not know that she was Canadian. I'm so excited for tonight. And they were like, oh, what song do you want want them to lip sync to? Because you know it's going to be a Deborah Cox song. And I was like, honestly, yeah, because I'm a giant nerd like that, I want them to do Easy <laughs> as Life from Aida. Um, I was like, but my, my second choice would be absolutely not. Because, you know, like, all the others are just, like, that's like kind of like the, the third hit like when you're talking with the gays like you know nobody's supposed to be here is the one that everybody's gonna be like oh, okay that's what it's gonna be but th- it did absolutely not and i was very excited about it um and that episode made me think of um the pitch perfect uh episode from right. america but with 
the queen's they've stopped doing a lot of the um here we're giving you this and you're just going to lip sync it now they're having them write this shit because uh intellectual property uh <laughs> the single use queens episode was cool i like the fact that they um they did almost like a recycling challenge um in in a different way than they did like the unconventional materials challenge like again it's canada so let's talk about recycling like Stuff like this we should be doing in the U.S. Uh, it's like it's like America, but better. Right? It was US, almost like better. season. Th- it was almost like season three because they had three design challenges, three unconventional design challenges this season. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's the a lot season- of work for them. That was the season where I think all the girls wanted to uh, bitch slap RuPaul really hard because of that. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I think uh, we've talked about most of it, but Snatch Game. What were you guys' thoughts on the Snatch Game overall? Who were who was your top and who was your low uh, performer for this? Oof, um, I don't remember very many of them. I mean, I mean well, I asked this because you know why I'm going to say. I mean, uh, Jimbo and um, Lemon stand out to me as kind of the top performers. Um, I. Th- <laughs> <laughs> I think I, um I, I mean I do, should, we, should we save it for Pat so he can go <laughs> off on her? <laughs> but I mean the the one I was most disappointed in was really Priyanka. The Miss Cleo. Because yeah. because Oof. to me, I the second she said Miss Cleo, I was like, Okay, you have to say call me now. You have to start charging people for your answers. Yes. And that's something at least they never edited in. Who knows if she did it or not? I can't imagine she did because they would have included that. But um, I think there was somebody... just so much there she could have done. So Priyanka was disappointing, but uh, but okay. So um, Kiara, <laughs> Kiara, <laughs> my lord! Like Oof. why? Why does everybody just go to that for Mariah? Like, I get that, like, she is, like, the queen of Christmas. I get that. You know, all I want for Christmas is you. I get it. But, dear God, like, you could do so much, even if you were irreverent and, like, irreverently reverent, I guess, maybe, is the way to say it. Like, at least still pay homage, but, like, there are so many things you could talk about or you could try to to joke about. And if you're going to do it, at least be some sort of fan that would know, like, things about Mariah. Like, if she had kept saying darling and, like, had, a, like, a, a champagne flute and, like, done all of these things, like, there were so many things that you could do. And she did none of them, aside from wear a really bad, like, red swimsuit with white fur at the top to look like a stocking. That's all it was. And it made me so sad. It made me so sad. Uh, so that, that as far as Kiara, I don't think Kiara could have picked any character and done well in the Snatch Game. No, I I, I think you're right I there. I just don't think that that's her. That is not her. It's such a, it is such a tough challenge overall. I feel like it's probably like it's one of the harder ones for them because everybody knows about it. It's not like this is a surprise. But you, so you figure, okay, they went in with some ideas. They went in with some whatever doesn't matter if you're not good on your feet there if that's not a if you're not an improv or if you're not just 
funny. I don't know. It's it's so tough. I I, I empathize a lot with those situations. That's how I feel in my life. And uh, those who do well, it's like God bless you. You're 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 winning. But yeah. Uh, Boas was pretty awful, and I had just watched The Politician, which has uh, got a character loosely based on uh, Gypsy Rose, uh, whatever, so that was, even then, it was still kind of like, what? No? Um, uh, Ilona's, uh, ooh, Cock Destroyer, right? Ooh. I thought that, I thought she did a I good mean, job with, that, with she it. Just go, she just going, yeah, she was fine, but, I mean, it's hard to be bad as a Cock Destroyer. I think. Well, it just—it's <laughs> one note, and I just didn't think it went anywhere. Well, but that's the thing. Uh, like, if I mean, you're not really, you're—you're you're, you're picking it for the shock and all. Yeah, and if you're not going to be successful and over the top, at least be good enough to be in the middle. And I think that was—I think that was right where Alona needed to be. And it just made me think of um, the Frock Destroyers and bag of chips is stunning, bag of chips is class. Bag of chips is sexy. <laughs> she takes it up the. Whoop. I mean, that's that's all Ooh. I thought about. <laughs> I love it. Right. So we haven't talked about Scarlet Bobo much at all, and I feel like we should at least say her name, other <laughs> which we referred to her, because she really was the queen, even though she made it to the top three. That was sort of lost in the mix most of the time. Um, but her Ooh. performance in the snatch game was pretty good. Yeah, uh, as uh, was it Liza? As her Liza, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, coming off of. Um... Seeing uh, Alexis Michelle be Liza and do such a great job, like it was nice to not have her falter. And it was one of those uh, situations where th- the judges were trying to push her. I think it was uh, JBC. I think was the one that did the walk around, and he was like, "Well, so your Liza is your go-to. So why don't you push yourself out of your comfort zone and do something different?" And she was like, ah, no, I'm good, thanks. And I think it was a smart move for her. <laughs> Definitely. It, I don't know. It, it's hard with Scarlet because she was just never the worst. Yeah. <laughs> throughout the whole season. And that's how she got to top three, by just never being the worst. And at, at that point, it's hard to root for a person like that, you know? Yeah. But she was also the only one who never lip synced. Yep. So there was a little part of me that was like, they've never crowned a drag race champion that has lip synced twice. And two out of the top three both had a lip sync twice. So they broke their own rules. Like they, they it bucked the trend. Because if that was the, the case, Scarlet Boba would have been crowned the winner. And I'm pretty sure the entire fandom would have <laughs> revolted. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So we have Star sixty nine, uh, where they did uh, uh, the the law firm commercials. I still am not one hundred percent sure how Rita Vega won that one. Like I thought she was okay, but I don't. I don't, I don't understand it. <laughs> because I honestly thought that Priyanka and Lemon's video was the funniest, and then. Was that where they talked about splitting your kitty? Exactly. Have you ever I been got so litty that she... splitting my kitty? <laughs> I love it so much. Splitting your kitty? <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I'm so, I don't know how they didn't win. I don't. Maybe it was because Rita Baker kept on eating like uncooked hot dogs. Maybe they just they to to not have a lawsuit from from that. <laughs> 
I think it, I think it was really both of their um, runways were not super successful, and I think uh, I probably took it from them. Not that not that Rito's was amazing that week. I didn't think. I think Jimbo should have won that week overall um, with his uh, patchwork denim. It's what? my big day. <laughs> and I think that's probably why the judges responded more to that video because that's totally a situation everyone talks about. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Uh, Can we talk about the judge for that episode? Um What did we all think of Tom <laughs> Green being on track race? I can't believe Tom Green is still booking <laughs> gigs right now. I guess, though, he does still have, I mean, he came from Canada, he's Canadian, but I mean, I think he still does have a late night or some kind of presence in Canada. Like, it's not, in America, or U.S., rather, I keep saying that, sorry. In the U.S., sorry. Uh, it, it's like he, nobody, we've forgotten about him, you know, since Freddie got fingered, I think, right? But in Canada, he's still got a thing going. But anyway, yeah, uh, totally not, I mean, maybe he's a super fan and we just didn't realize it, but uh, I was reminded of, uh, was it Joel, Joel McHale. McHale when he was on yeah. Drag Race? yeah. <laughs> like yeah anyway but I I don't know I, I can't believe they didn't use his song to lip sync to right oh my god would that have been amazing <laughs> I want to see weird out see I, because of this now I want to see like really non-traditional judge choices going forward and I think Weird Al would be a perfect choice and they have to lip sync to one of his songs I want him to do like a a new parody for Drag Race and have that be like the debut of his new song. <laughs> That'd be pretty amazing. Oh, uh, anyway, but yeah, Tom Green was awful. I mean, he's awful. Like he just had so such a weird energy, and I think that's a Tom Green thing. But it just did not it did not work. I thought, for he, I thought he came on and respected the show. And I, I mean, I don't think he was. He wasn't disrespectful, was it, yeah, but I, I mean, his energy was weird. However, some of his notes for the judging I did appreciate and agreed with. So. I, I just, it was such a weird entrance. When he came down that runway, we're yeah. just like, huh? <laughs> what? I, I anyway. did think it was absolutely heartwarming and endearing when he called his mom. <laughs> and then and they yes, talked yes, about yes. That, that costume and then showed the picture of it. I was like, okay, that's cute. That's cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it was, it was very weird. Uh, and especially to have them, they're not just in a guest judging role where they're like, just kind of there and get spoken to a little bit, like on America, like regular U.S. drag race. Um, they're the guest host. So they're leading the conversation. So like th the fact that he kept on being like, I think she's wearing jeans. Those look like jeans. <laughs> like, it was just so weird. <laughs> uh, then we went into the Miss Lucia uh, competition. Like like Brian had mentioned, it was great to uh, to bring uh, queer drag history into the show. Uh, Welcome to the family. We talked about the Rainbow Railroad. Um, and then we got into the snowball before getting into You Wear It Well. That's about all I remember from the song. Um, real quick, let's talk about two lip syncs that I want to bring up because they were very much talked about and I have certain things that I want to say about them. So the first was, uh, from the Snatch Game, 
I drove all night by Celine Dion, Celine Dion's cover version of it, uh, where Kiara and Priyanka lip synced. What were your thoughts on this lip sync? I actually enjoyed Priyanka's lip sync. I thought that Kiara tried to do everything, and it just didn't work for me at all. I thought, I don't know. It. Yeah, I no no no. It, I'm with it, I'm with you. It, it wasn't that. It wasn't that Priyanka stood still. So I mean, it wasn't it wasn't the uh, Latrice Kenya, but Kiara gave so much like frantic energy that she was just trying to do everything everywhere, and Priyanka seemed a lot more focused in what she was doing, and it kind of worked with the song. And, yeah, uh, and the reason I bring I it up it was, is I thought it was a great lip sync for Priyanka. Yeah, and the reason I bring it up is because there was a lot of chatter online about how, oh, they were both so amazing and they both should have saved. It should have been a double save and all this. And my thing is, it's a slightly more than mid-tempo pop number. And Kiara was doing death drops and splits and like backflips and whatnot. And if you put this, if you put the video on mute and you don't know what song is on, they performed phenomenally. But then you incorporate the song and it doesn't work as well. Um, and going back and looking at Priyanka, like I, I kind of thought the same thing originally for her, but I can see it being a little bit more focused. But I definitely thought that that Priyanka should have stayed. And Kiara pulled out all the stops. But like you said, Eric, um, Kenny Michaels did the same thing to uh, Natural Woman. And it doesn't always work. You, it doesn't always fit the song. Brian, did you have any thoughts on uh, I Drove All Night? I, I just remember it being one of those moments when I was like, oh, that's a choice. But I was also impressed. So, like, performance-wise, it's impressive. But I agree. And Rita Bagger had a couple moments like this where she was there kind of doing a very more traditional, mature, appropriate performance to the song. And then the other queen was doing backflips and cartwheels and death drops and, like... It's like a stylistic difference, and I know some younger Drag Race fans really like that more. I mean, I'm not saying it just because they're young, but I've heard it from younger Drag Race fans that seem to, like, have kind of grown up expecting that, if you will. But um, I totally agree with you that it's it's it has to be appropriate to the song, and in this case, Priyanka's was far more pr- appropriate. Absolutely, and just before I go to the second thing, which will go to will lend itself to your point, Brian, I do want to give a shout-out to Pitbull Events, who were the sponsor... Uh, for the Maxi Challenge prize for the Snatch Game, uh, the Seven Day Caribbean Cruise for two. My friends, uh, actually, my friend Steve is one of the owners of Pitbull Events, who's also one of the owners of Men's Room, which has a branch here in Chicago. And my friend Alan is uh, one of my sponsors for Digital Game Night. Uh, so it all ties back around. And- That's... <laughs> And they all tied a Pitbull? So you have like six degrees of separation from Pitbull? Well, I mean, Pitbull Events, but not, not the really rapper, cr- but yes. Is <laughs> oh, it's not affiliated no, with him? Okay, I didn't no, know. No, I'm like, no, no. Pitbull events. No, they started this in Canada, and they do... Um, it's kind of like what I do with my bear events, um, but it's it's like their version of Bears in the City type of thing. Like, it's... Yeah. Oh, got it. And uh, the other one I wanted to mention is uh, the one that I think everybody was waiting for in uh, when we knew Canada's Drag Race was coming. The lip sync from Episode 8, the Makeover Challenge... 
to Alanis Morissette's You Oughta Know, where it was Lemon and Rita Vega. And um, Rita Vega, uh, being the 75-year-old, 30-year-old that she was, um, <laughs> knew and just felt the song. And as much as I liked Lemon, when she was bouncing around the stage and doing like a, a new school version of what they feel a lip sync should be, it failed miserably for me. And I was like, okay, you were going home and Rita Vega is staying. Uh, what were your thoughts on, on that lip sync? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was the energy in the two lip syncs because Rita Baga definitely gave the angry jilted lover that you expect to go with that song. And I think Lemon's interpretation of it was more so somebody who's already gotten over that relationship and looking back and saying, you know what, I'm fine. You kind of go on. It just didn't give the right... It The energy didn't match the song at all. I thought her she gave a good performance. She put out there that I'm a dancer and this is how I perform, but it again, it just didn't fit the song in the way it should have. And if she had just put a stank face on and did what she did, it would have even been better than what she was doing. She was a little too... Her face didn't match the energy of the song and the performance that needed. But yeah, I, I 100% agree with what we had already said about this, so you know, you have to be appropriate to the song and it, it didn't work, but um, before we wrap, well, we got a couple things we want to throw in here, and I and I know we got a time limit. Uh, we haven't really talked a lot about Priyanka, who's the winner, <laughs> and I and I don't want that to be a snub because I absolutely am fine with her being the winner. Uh, as I think Pat said earlier, Priyanka is a good overall solid personality performer. Her looks were mostly pretty okay. I mean, some were really good, some were like, eh, okay. Uh, but uh, I think what cinched it to me in the end, and again, it's edit or not, uh, is like her her finale. I think overall, just she she pro- proved that she was very, very, very deserving of the title. I think her or Rita in the last uh, assessment would have been okay as choices. But what I just amazingly like, I just fell in love with, was her her finale look with that traditional. Uh, I guess it's Indian, maybe West India, but I know it's definitely from from India. Like that, that, that dress, that just gorgeous dress. So I mean, and and her personality, like she's a TV host, like she's got the DNA to make a drag performance work as a performer and as a interviewer uh, or a host. So she's like overall like a complete package, right? Yeah, for sure, because she performed so well in the challenges themselves and those acting challenges. And- it was so weird that the thing she struggled with most was improv the entire season. Um, but she knew how to serve it on the runway, um, to use the colloquialism of the show. Um, but yeah, in that finale, it it was definitely hers between the You Wear It Well performance and then that runway. She was definitely deserving of the win. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm, yeah. So we all, so, so let it be said that Flame On absolutely is happy and very, you know, where we love Priyanka, even if we didn't give her a lot of time on this episode. 
Um, so I, was there anything else about Candace Drag Race we want to cover? Because I know we want to talk about some uh, more very recent and uh, emerging news. Can I, I bring up one thing about Canada? Probably my favorite mini challenge was when they had to do the national anthem. Oh. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. And I just tried to imagine any season of the U.S. Drag Race doing that, the national <laughs> anthem, and the amount of hate and vitriol they would have gotten from anyone outside of the fandom. Like, how dare you do that to the national anthem? And and Canada's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like the U.S., but better, I swear. <laughs> just Every day I'm like, can I just, can you just, there's a joke that they're going to like take Washington State and Oregon and just, and California, a couple of states just make it part of Canada. I'm like, could you just do that, please? But I mean, it, nice. it's not unheard of to use comedy that way with the national anthem, because I, I think um, Saturday Night Live's done that with somebody doing the national anthem that way uh, in the, kind of over yeah. the top. But the yeah, anthem is butchered more in actual performance than it is in comedy in the United States. So, yeah. you know, yeah. I did enjoy that though. Um, okay. So drag race news, uh, imminently, I don't know when this episode, actually this episode is going to go out pretty soon. So uh, drag race Holland will have come out or will be coming out very shortly. Uh, I don't think we know any of the queens that are going to be featured. I mean, we know who they are. They, they put out a press release, but I don't, I've never heard of any of these queens. The only queen that um, I've, I found out of anything about is, uh, is it Rome, R-O-E-M? And uh, yes, yeah. Rome is behind, uh, oh God, it's like Rupal's, Rupal's Dank Race or something like that on YouTube. It's like... It's like if Lee Dawson did like some bizarre twisted version of like Drag Race <laughs> like recaps, um, but it's a series on YouTube, and I believe um, is the one that is she's not really a performer. Performer, she is a um, uh, yeah. just she does it for the art of drag, but she's not a, a drag bingo or go perform at a club queen, which is reminiscent of Aiden Zane. So we'll see what happens. Oof, that could be uh, that could be disastrous. So uh, Rome is also so she she has a great look. Uh, we'll post this up on Facebook. I don't know if we've done that yet. We might have. Uh, Miss Abby, OMG, Gorge. You know, sure, Gorge. Uh, Ch- Chelsea boy. Oh my god, I love Chelsea boy. I'm very excited. The look is something like uh, Zan. Uh, this is the look that they're premiering with uh, Zan from Farscape, which you know, but- dear near and dear to my heart. And, and I don't think it's what she was going for, but when I just looked at that, I instantly saw the Steve Martin arrow through the head. <laughs> and, and, that, and, and, that, and that piece is not going through her head. It's, it's behind her head. I'm looking at the picture now. But it just that just was like instant. And so I was like, is she a comedy queen? What is that? Um, it gave me Dr. Manhattan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Uh, another, again, these are names that you'll eventually get to know. The thing that's interesting about Holland is they are going to have a bearded queen, yep. which I'm very excited about. Uh, Madame Madness, uh, kind of looks like Eddie Izzard to me a little bit. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the fact that we're having a bearded queen in this season is so, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm there for it. I think we're all there for it. 
Uh, Envy Peru got some cool headpiece going on too there. Uh, Looks a little said... like blue hydrangea. Okay, yeah, I see that. I see that. Cedargin, uh, Cedargin, which, which, based on this picture, I'm thinking that she's definitely the comedy queen of the season. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, actually, looks like uh, Gidget a little bit yeah. to me. Uh, Gidget Galore from Orlando. Uh, Potty Pom Pom, <laughs> uh, whose face is unique. I've never seen someone with this paint and face. Like it's 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 very like. It's just non-traditional. I mean, it is what it is, whether you like it or not. But I'm. She's got the very. She's got the Dutch colors going on with the blues and the, the yeah, a little bit of the orange. I, it's it's. She's stunning looking, but I I don't know if people will love her. Uh, Megan Schoenbrood, a very Dutch name if I've ever heard one. <laughs> uh, sort of a more thicker face, big hair. You know, I, again, I don't I don't know if they have great architecture but but does have tattoos so that's yeah. that's always kind of cool to see um and i think i missed one um uh, mama real queen. quick mama queen yes yeah, she's got this angular skinny girl uh shoulders forward thing that is like all the rage uh who does she remind you of she has like a I couple mean, archetypes the, 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 that the face and hair in this picture reminds me a little of um Alyssa edwards yeah, I've but as seen far Alyssa. as the pose and the garment, um, and just talks about being non-binary, reminds me a little of uh, Gigi Good. Okay, and the cinch is so severe. I was thinking Violet yeah. Chachki a little bit too. Um, so yeah, I mean, all of these queens are interesting. I, I'm I'm going to watch this. It's not in English. It's going to be in Dutch, is my understanding. So if you don't like subtitles, uh, sorry, but uh, not sorry. Uh, I also don't know the mentor. They're they're not doing the three judge panel like they did with Canada. Uh, they're doing, I guess, just so I don't understand. I guess they're just all going to have guest judges, and they're going to have their main mentor, uh, Fred Van Leer. It's kind of confusing so far from what we've seen. He might just be um, the host, and then the judging panel will be the judging panel, kind of how RuPaul is the the centerpiece, and then they'll establish their judging panel. Okay. Well, that, that would make sense then. Uh, and I don't know his stuff at all, but uh, he's he's very fabulous. If you see his... There's a video that they put out with all the queens as well, and he's... It's... it's He's fabulous, so... Uh, and then, of course, you know, we're getting more seasons of the other... Can't, other Thailand. Uh, they've confirmed, I think, a second season for Canada. Uh, the UK, of course, which I think they were in the middle of filming, right? At one point? Is that what the one was that was interrupted? It may have been. I think you might be right about that. Uh, so, yeah. And then there's three or four more world markets that they want to bring on. So, oh, my God, there's going to be so much you know, international drag race. So before we leave, though, I know we want to talk about, like, really bleeding uh, news here and speculation. Yes. Pat, uh, the, you know. the Nancy Drews of Reddit have, uh, have pieced together <laughs> what they feel is the cast for All-Star 6. Uh, season 13, uh, I believe, is just finished wrap, uh, wrapped up uh, filming. Um, and All-Star 6 has gone into uh, the filming uh, stages now. Uh, there's a couple of big things that if this is this is all taken with a grain of a huge grain of salt. Uh, but it appears that uh, Ms. Minge might be returning for a third uh, a third try at the crown on All-Star 6. 
Uh, is she gonna have MRSA again? I think so. I, I has anybody checked on her? Has she has she checked in for MRSA? <laughs> um, one of the big things. Uh, so then we've also got Raja O'Hara, Scarlet Envy, Akira C. Davenport, uh, Trinity K. Bonet. Um, uh, who is this other person? There's somebody. Um, Jan. And then a couple of big things, uh, a big uh, ones of note. Pandora Box making her return after a disastrous Yay. All-Stars 1 appearance. Uh, big friend of uh, ours and our podcast. And uh, then the big news is that it would also, this cast is speculated to feature two post-top surgery trans contestants uh, in Jiggly Caliente. And Sonique. Woo-hoo. So. Yay. Yeah. Some uh, very, uh, very delightful, interesting news coming out of that. Again, all speculation. Um, and we probably won't see this until uh, just under a year from now. Uh, as they sh- you know, showed AS5. That just ended a couple of weeks ago. So probably in that same summertime market. But if this is the cast... Honestly, this is the first time in probably All-Stars history that I don't see somebody that was quote-unquote robbed of their crown and uh, is being given an All-Star season. So I'm actually quite impressed and um, interested to see how this plays out. How many of those made it to their finale? Akira did, I know. That and Ginger. Finale? Ginger. Okay, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's a lot of fan favorites. It's a lot of queens that that haven't been able to show where they are now. And I think... uh, Oh, and actually, forgive me. I I take that back. Gia Gunn. Never mind. I take back my my two uh, post-top surgery trans contestants. Gia had her... Uh, had had gone through um, the breast augmentation before she was on yeah. All Stars. I forgot she was on All Stars, so never mind. So but see, the fact that they're, but still good. Yeah, the fact that they're highlighting um, some of their former contestants that have gone through uh, gender reassignment or gender affirming surgeries is fantastic. And honestly, knowing Sonique, having worked with Sonique, I think Sonique in this cast will be the Tatiana of this cast, where. Um, people were so enamored with her in the Hollis Slay special that they'll be excited to see what she pulls out for an all-star season. So, if this cast is true, uh, Sonique and Jan, um, Pandora, and, you know, obviously being friends with Ginger, those are the ones that I'm really looking forward to seeing what they bring to the table and, uh, and, and do in this all-star season. Yeah, I'm excited. And I'm excited for Holland. I, I hope everybody goes out and if it, it's on WoW Presents, right? Yep. That's how they can watch it. Everywhere yep. except the Netherlands. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. That's, that's just what they keep putting up everywhere. Everywhere <laughs> well, except I think the Netherlands. They, they want them to watch it on whatever <laughs> network, I guess. But uh, yeah, if you, have, if you don't have WoW Presents, uh, find a friend. There you go. There you go. All right, y'all. It's been a phenomenal time talking Drag Race Canada, Holland, and potential All-Stars 6. Um, if you have enjoyed this or any of the other content we put out as Flame On, go check us out online, flameonshow.com. And if you would like to help support us as uh, we are listener-funded entertainment, go head over to patreon.com forward slash flameonshow. 
and join at any one of our four levels. Brian and Eric, it was a pleasure chatting drag with you guys. And um, tune back in in two weeks when we'll be chatting about the month in pop culture. If you're on Facebook or YouTube, I just want to put the plug in for this. Absolutely. Yeah, this is a new thing, right? If you're on Facebook, YouTube, or uh, on my Twitch, we are putting out weekly interviews with queer and potentially ally creators, uh, comics cur- currently, but it could go wider than that. Uh, we've had on uh, uh, Andy Mangles, we've had on, uh, who's a queer legend in comics, talking about how he cruises uh, life. We've had on Cena Grace talking about his new series coming up. And we've had on uh, one of my co- cohorts from uh, Comic Book Bears, uh, Steve Mori, to talk about Barely Danny, which, if you've not heard of that, is a hit webcomic on Instagram. So uh, every Monday, it's at 6 o'clock Pacific, so 9 o'clock Eastern, uh, live. And we want people to come check it out. And they will eventually be here on this podcast as well. We're working on that. But uh, every Monday, come check us out and give us some uh, comments in the chat. So go check that out every Monday on our uh, YouTube and our Facebook and Brian's Twitch. And uh, until next time, deuces. Bye, bitch. Bye, bitch. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.